Hallelujah. Please lift up your right hand. Just give glory to Jesus wherever you are. Just bless his name. In the next few minutes, just bless his name. La baro se bali pradia gato shalagapa. La gato prati para solia gata. Oh, we give a glow. And we give a great shalagata prabolibaros kiata. La kapato shadabado sevani parado. We give you all the glory, we give you all the praise. Aliade brazola gadabasha. Male koparati brazofalia gata. La pradabasha. Malakote zelia paradasha. Ayata basha la My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands Have your way this morning. We pray that your word will come to bless the hearts and lives of your people, bringing us ever closer to your saving knowledge and bringing us into walking in alignment with you. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. In the mighty, matchless name of the Lord Jesus, I call it done. Amen. Please resume your seats. Look at your neighbor's face. Eyeball to eyeball, say neighbor. Now look into their eyes. If they, if they can't look into your eyes, you know the, the routine. Say neighbor, hey, your head shall not lack oil. Your hands shall receive wealth. Your feet shall receive speed. Your hand on your chest, say I'm too anointed to be disappointed. Too blessed to be stressed. I am the head and not the tail. Therefore, I'll never, never fail. You said it and you believe it. Please celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. On Monday, we had uh, the 150 minutes of prayer. How many were here? How many were around? 150 minutes of prayer. We prayed and waited on God. And the interesting thing was that after the prayer, 
every single person that was present received a word from God. So I, I ministered prophetically to everybody for about three hours. Everybody left here with a word of God. Hallelujah. Um, I've told them already, we are about to do another 200 minutes of prayer. We have already told you what happened when we prayed for 150 minutes. Hallelujah. Um, I want to start a series I've titled The Rudiments of Impact. Somebody say The Rudiments of Impact. We, the Lord said this is our year of impact. And if we are to make impact, we need to know how. It is a know-how that matters. Not simply knowing that impact exists or impact can be made. What matters the most is how do we make that impact? Amen. See, the truth is that no matter who you are, at a point in your life, your results will speak the loudest. The answers you have received will advertise the beauty and the wisdom of your life. When we talk about things like wisdom, nobody has wisdom written on their forehead. Nobody has wisdom in, imprinted on their person. So that when we see them, we see they have... No, the only way you know a man has wisdom is that wisdom is advertised in the way they live. It's advertised in their life. And so there are, there's a certain dimension, a certain season in your life where your, the things you say will not carry as much weight if they are not backed by results, they are not backed by impact. Are you with me now? There are people who will never believe you or believe the God you serve if they don't see anything. The Bible says, even concerning Jesus, that there were people who believed him after that they saw the miracles that he worked. This is a man who preached beautiful sermons, even the Sermon on the Mount that is known as the Beatitudes. He preached wonderfully. A certain category of people will believe him then, but many will walk away unimpressed because they have heard Sadducees, they have heard Pharisees. But there were those who the Bible says that they were moved and they believed him after they saw the miracles that he did. The Bible says concerning even Peter, that Jesus didn't just walk up to Peter and say, follow me. No, what Jesus did was to cause him to experience a dimension of the supernatural. So he had toiled all night and caught nothing. And then Jesus, the carpenter, who doesn't have um, an acclaim for, or for being an expert in fisheries, brings him a word of the Lord and says, cast your net to the other side and you are going to catch a great drought. He said, I've toiled all night, but at thy word I will do this. He does it and the Bible says that he has a record-breaking catch where he needs partners to help him to contain what he has caught. After that miracle, after that encounter, now Jesus says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Scripture says he leaves everything and follows the man he just met. He wouldn't have been moved, so, so moved to follow Jesus had he not been exposed to a dimension of power and a dimension of results. There are many of us who come to church all the time. We have been trying to get others to also come to church. But when they look at your life, your life doesn't advertise anything. That speaks to them in a volume at which your mouth cannot speak for them to follow you. But I pray for you in 2024, as it is our year of impact in every dimension of your life, in every aspect of your life, be it your career, be it your Christian work, may you begin to exhibit impact all around in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes. The Bible says, and kings shall come to the brightness of your rising. When a man begins to rise, there is a brightness associated with the rising that instantly brings attraction to his life. Kings shall be attracted. They will come to the brightness of, of your rising. Say impact. How do we make impact? What are the rudiments? What are the things necessary for making impact? You know, the Bible says when Jesus um, fed the 5,000, fed the multitude, after he fed them, do you know they weren't willing to leave? You read the next, the next um, story, and they were still around. They were, they were basically following him everywhere. Because they have, they have, if for nothing at all, they have tasted heavenly bread and heavenly fish. As a ministry, if we are truly going to rise to a level of being attractive to our generation, then we ought to walk in a, in a dimension of power and resource that cannot be contested. You can debate anything, you can debate results. 
The other day, the Bible says there was a man that was blind. After that, he was healed. He went around and he was proclaiming everything. They were asking him, how did this happen? He says, as for the how of this matter, I don't know. What I know is once I was blind, now I can see. You can argue methods. You can argue results. You can, you can argue methods and processes. What you can't argue with is results. If you see suddenly that I was lame, I couldn't walk, and now I get up and I'm walking, you can argue all you want, but you can't argue with the results that I am carrying. Some of you, they have argued with you for so long, but thank God you have entered a season of impact. Nobody dares argue with your results anymore. You are coming with the results of a baby, coming with the results of an appointment letter, coming with the results of a changed life. Let that be your story in the name of Jesus. Somebody say impact. The rudiment of impact. Number one. For any person desiring to make impact this year, the first thing that must be evident in your life is what I call relentless focus. Somebody say relentless focus. Oh, please shout to say relentless focus. Okay, Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. Relentless focus. Focus that doesn't give. It doesn't give in. It doesn't bend. It doesn't yield relentless focus to an assignment to a goal to a target many people become are you there now yeah. you'll read it shortly many people become distracted too often on their walk of life distraction the, the truth about distractions is that failure can be a distraction but success can also be a distraction there are people who will never rise to the level God has you know, pre-planned for them because they got a certain success at the initial stages of their lives and they became distracted by the, by the joy and the excitement and celebration of that initial success that they missed the whole package. People start and they are fixed, you know, fixated on, the, on an outcome, focused on it, and suddenly things begin to happen, wings begin to blow, and they are distracted. Bible says concerning Peter that when Jesus was walking on water and coming, and he looked at him, and first of all, they thought it was a ghost until they were able to come to the realization, this is Jesus, the same Jesus that sent us ahead. And he said, can I also walk on water? Jesus said, come. Uh, and he began to walk on water one step at a time, just like Jesus was doing. And until the point where the Bible says he shifted his focus from Jesus, Jesus and began to look at the water, then he began to sink. For as long as his focus was on Jesus, he was walking on water. Immediately the focus shifted, he started sinking. The, the moment your focus is shifted from the target, from the goal, from the assignment, you lose the ability to make impact in that respect. So read that scripture, please. Isaiah 57. Yes, sir. For the Lord God will help. Said so the Lord God will help me. Right. Therefore shall I not be confounded. I will not be confounded. I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. Mm. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. Is that the Lord God Almighty will help me. The sovereign Lord helps me. Mm. I am not disgraced. Mm. Is that therefore have I set my face like a flint. I have set my face like a flint. A flint is a type of stone. A type of, a type of sedimentary. It's hard. And so what the scripture is talking about is the ability to focus so strong and be hardened and resolute in your pursuit of an expectation. If your desire this year is to walk in a certain dimension of anointing, focus on it and pursue it with everything that you've got. I've taught you before, the reason the likes of uh, um, Lionel Messi and the likes of Ronaldo and all those people are excelling at the heights of their chosen profession is that they are totally committed and focused to what they are pursuing. They are not carpenters by day and footballers by night. They are not part-time footballers and part-time musicians. They are totally focused on it. You see, focus is so powerful that there is a principle associated with it that I call the principle of elimination. Whatever you want to eliminate, you need to just take your eye from it and focus on something else. That thing becomes diminished and eliminated from your purview. If I, with this hand, I choose to bring my hand close to me, everybody ahead of me have eliminated you from my view. Those that are the benefit of my view are those in my periphery or my sight. So simply by choosing what to focus on, you can eliminate certain things in your life. Whatever you focus on becomes magnified. 
Whatever you, 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 you starve of focus and attention becomes diminished in your life. And so if for this year your pursuit is on an, an outcome, a certain goal, all you need to do is to have and, you know, have and create a relentless focus on that expectation. Many of us hear stories and suddenly we are, we are, we are changing the focus. Look, Bible says concerning Joseph, he had a dream in his father's house. And the dream was simple, that at a point in his life, he was going to rise to the level where even his parents are going to bow before him. That one dream stuck with him and resonated in his spirit everywhere he went. Even in Potiphar's house, it was bubbling in his spirit. Even in prison, it was still with him. He was committed to that. Look, the, the life may change. Seasons may come and go. But if you are focused on an outcome, nothing will change and shift you. Paul says something. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting about the past, and I focus only on one goal, that I will come to a victorious end. There's a reason why Bible says concerning God, it says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. The expected end speaks of a goal, speaks of an, an objective, speaks of a target. And he says, in spite of everything, no matter what you go through, know that it is not bad. It is not that I want to hurt you. There is a goal in mind that I'm holding your hand and bringing you to that goal. Even God is focused on an expected end concerning you. Even God. How much more? If you will make impact, don't be distracted. The people who do well don't do things that everybody is doing. The people who do well are focused on what they want to pursue. Many of us go to work, we go to our offices to go and make friends. Madam, is that why you are there? There is a reason you are there. That is why people, there are few people, look, you can start your career. And when I start, those days when I, I was in banking, we started. There were many people in that year that they recruited, and I remember, many people. A few of us were graduate associates at that time. And many, many others had just come entry level. From that time, in 2012 to today, 12 years later, you'll be shocked at the disparities of the people that were employed and who began their story on the same day. Some of them are now managers in different markets across the world. Some of them are still sitting in their branch. They haven't moved a step forward. But they all began their journey on the same day. Life doesn't owe you anything. Simply because you have been around for long doesn't mean you deserve to be promoted. Are you with me at all? You have to be focused and relentlessly pursue that which you have said before you. If you are looking for um, a glorious marriage, that is the goal, that is the target. Question, how do you get there? You are focused on it, that is where. You are not distracted by what is happening around. Look, the enemy's goal is to distract you. And so he will do everything in his power to bring distraction. Everything to move you away, to shift your focus. So there will be a season this year where you'll be hungry. Uh, am I talking to somebody now? There'll be a season this year where things will look some way. There'll be a season this year where you look into your pocket and your pocket is looking at you. I'm waiting for you. There'll be a season this year where, where winds are blowing and you are, but if you just stay focused on the assignment. If you are just focused. Look, it, that is the reason why many, many men of God can start out well, but they won't end well. Because when they start out, the, the fire is there, the grace is there, the, the, the clarity of the assignment is there, the hand of the Lord is there. But even if God called you, there will be days you'll be hungry. Can I get an amen in this place? <laughs> even if, no matter how gifted or anointed, there will be seasons. Did you not read concerning Paul? He was boasting in being lashed. Boasting in being in prison. These were the things that he, in fact, used when he was debating the Galatians. And he was saying, these are the evidences I possess that show that I'm indeed an apostle. Not because I preach deep mysteries. Not because I, I heal the sick. Not because, no, no, no. He said, look at, look at the scars that I bear. He said, I bear in my body the scars for Christ. This is the evidence of my apostolic calling. 
So no matter who you are, there are things you go through, but no matter what, just stay focused. Almost every book that Paul writes, when he's introducing himself, he knows that he used to be a murderer. He knows that he has been taught legalistic things. He knows that among Pharisees, he's one of them. But every time he's writing any of his books, he says, I, Paul, a servant of the Most High, an apostle of Christ. When you go to Corinthians, I, Paul, a servant of the Most High. When you go to Ephesians, I, Paul, he never loses sight of who he is and where he's going and what the assignment is. The past is the past. Let it go and focus on what lies ahead of you. I pray for you this morning. Let the hand of the Lord that lifts up men and brings them to a place of impact be released even upon your life in the name of Jesus. Every pain and confinement of the past is lost over your life. Everything that limits people where you come from is broken over you. From today, may that grace that sustains arising be released even upon your life in a strange measure in the name of Jesus. Lift up your right hand and shout yes. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 to 27. Proverbs 4, 25, 27. Relentless focus. The book of Proverbs 4, 25. Yes, sir. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyes do what? Please read it again. I'll say the end. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Uh-huh. Give careful thought to the path for your feet. Okay. And be steadfast all your ways. Okay. Do not turn to the right or the left. Mm. Keep your foot from evil. It says, keep your gaze straight ahead of you. Oh, call left or right, I compared the end. Go in they produce delays in life. Many of us could have been at a better stage, a better place in our lives, but for the distraction that we are allowed to keep us and shift us from the walk. Very practical example. You see, imagine when you give your life to Christ. How many of you remember when you gave your life to Christ? How many of you remember the day you gave your life to Christ? Nobody is born, born again. How many of you remember the day? <laughs> Imagine, imagine, imagine that after that day, you sustained a culture and a regimen of prayer and consistent pursuit of the things of God, consistently. Like by this time, you'll be on a certain level. So focus is key, relentless. Just keep your face on the straight. Don't turn left, don't turn right. The Bible says concerning Gideon, what we call the test of Gideon. God calls Gideon. And he says, I, you are a mighty man of valor. That, that will bring me to the next point. But you are a mighty man of valor. I need to redeem my people through you. And he says, call out the men. Let's go, to, let's go and fight. So many people came. God said there are too many. Let those who are afraid go home. Let those who are afraid go home. Do you know how many people went home? 22,000 men went home. Do you know how many were left? 10,000. Now, what that thing teaches me is that being present is not enough. Because all these 22,000 were also present when they were called. And they would have been with everybody else but unbeknownst to them, these guys are actually afraid of what we are going to do and they have no business being here. So God disqualified them and said, okay, let the 20, 22,000 people afraid go home. They went. 10,000, God said, they are too many. They are going to war with nations. God said, they are too many. Take them to the riverside. Let them drink some water. Now watch them. He said, those who lap, lap it like a dog. They are lapping the water like a dog. They are the ones you should possess. They are the ones you should pick. They are the ones you should choose. Let everybody else, those who knelt down to drink it, let everybody else go home. Those who were left were 300. But God chose them because they, you see, if you have a dog at home, even when they are drinking water, they are watching around. Have you seen them before? Because anything can pounce out at, up at any time. So they are drinking, they are lapping, but they are, just, they are still keeping watch. You don't just go and put everything and forget, you know, nothing is going to happen. We are fine. No. The 300 that has their discipline to stay focused 
In spite of drinking water, God said, these are the ones you should pick and go to war with them. Focus is everything. Relentless focus. There are people, God called them, gave them a specific assignment. You know, your, 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 the anointing on, on your life is that you're going to become a teacher of the word. Teach the word of the Lord. They look around and see another church in the, in the vicinity. And the person is a prophet and it looks like people are going. So suddenly the teacher transmogrifies into a prophet and brings confusion to the body of Christ. In fact, not everybody is even supposed to start a church. Hallelujah. Number two. Number two. Persistent growth. I'll share with you only three today. Next week we'll continue. So number two, persistent growth. Persistent growth. Isaiah 41, 15. Beloved, understand that growth is in stages and it's in phases. We can be at the same stage, but even with that, we will be at different phases of that stage. Let me give you a very practical example. Those who work in corporate world, you can have people who are all on the same band or the same level at work, but their salaries are not the same. Is that true? So they are at the same stage, but they are not at the same phase. Growth in life also manifests in itself in different stages and into different phases. You cannot receive certain things, certain dimensions of impact if we don't build capacity and, and allow ourselves to be transformed, allow ourselves to grow. Look, Bible says that when God, when the angel of the Lord was released to Gideon, the same Gideon we just spoke about, the salutation the angel gave to him is, is that thou mighty man of valor. Thou mighty man of valor. This is the salutation the angel brought to Gideon. The angel is not allowed to say what they think. They are allowed to only communicate what God has sent them to communicate. So whatever he said is, um, is a broadcast of heaven's view and heaven's opinion and perspective of who Gideon was. So he says, thou mighty man of valor. That is heaven's blueprint, heaven's record of what this man is. Guess what? God, through the angel, now gives him assignment. He said, go and destroy all the, um, all the idols and altars in your father's house. The Bible says that Gideon rises up at night to go and destroy them because he was afraid. Does this sound to you like somebody who is a mighty man of valor? <laughs> Hallelujah. Does this sound to you like somebody who is a mighty man of valor? God calls Moses out of the burning bush. Moses' CV is that he was an illegitimate granddaughter of Pharaoh, grand, grandson of Pharaoh, number one. He is a fugitive on the run, number two. And God calls him out of the burning bush and say, says, I have made you a prophet. Does he look like somebody who is a prophet? In fact, he himself says it, that I am a stammerer. I can't communicate. I can't talk. A prophet's sole job is to have the ability to catch what God is saying in his spirit and to communicate same orally to the hearing of men. And so if you can't talk, how can you be a prophet? The first qualification of, prophet, of a prophet is that you must be able to talk. So he's already, and, and yet God says, I've chosen you a prophet. Does he look like a prophet or prophet material at the point of being chosen? Number three, Jeremiah. God comes to him and says, Jeremiah, I have ordained you even in your mother's womb. Before you were conceived, I ordained you a prophet. Jeremiah says, I'm too young. I, I can't prophesy. I can't do anything. So what I'm saying is this. Heaven may have a certain view, a certain perspective, a certain image, a certain body that we are supposed to be transformed into, that we are supposed to grow into. We may not be at that level today, but we need to persistently grow into that image that heaven has concerning us. You never stop at any point and say, I am okay the way I am. No, there's a dimension ahead of you. There's a level ahead of you. There's another dimension you can walk into and grow into. So for now, read that scripture. Isaiah 41, 50. Yes, sir. See, I will make you into a threshing. I will make you into what? 
Is that King James? Please do King James. Okay, I like you continue, 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 continue. King James. Yes. Forty-one fifteen. Isaiah fifteen. One five. Yes, sir. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing. I'll make you what? A new sharp. I'll make you what? A new sharp. God is the maker. We are to become. And he says, I will make you a new. So you are in a state already. You are in a certain state. I need to make you into something new. Persistent growth. The world only considers anybody relevant when those people add value to the systems of the world. Many of us are lonely not because people don't like us. We are lonely because we add nothing to people's lives. The truth of the matter is that when you are a person of value, people can't deny you. Are you with me now? And so before you blame your office or your boss for not liking you, you must come to a place of adding undeniable value. You have grown to the level where you, you have developed capacity and you're adding value nobody can deny. If your boss decides to deny you, your boss's boss will recognize you. Can I, can I teach this one at all? Yeah. You must be persistent in your desire to grow. I tell pastors all the time, some of my sons and daughters are pastors, I tell them, look, if you don't persistently grow in your pursuit and knowledge of God and you stay at the same level, give yourself five years, you become irrelevant to the lives of your people because some of them will outgrow you. Some of them will rise to the level where they have, they, God has grown with them, they have matured in their work with God, that you are not able to sustain their growth. You are still feeding them milk when they need to now be, be, be dealing with bones. And, and that is why growth is, is, is one step at a time. If you skip a step, it will show fully in future. If you skip a step. If you skip a step. Persistent growth. Build capacity. What you are asking for, if God gives it to you now, can you carry it? Can you carry it? Can you carry it? If you can't carry it, God, God is doing you a favor by not giving it to you. Are you with me now? If you are unable to carry a certain dimension of God's grace, then God is actually doing you a favor if he denies you of it. Until you have built that capacity. Do you remember the story of the widow? It says, go and get barrels. And immediately she got barrels and she started pouring. Oil kept coming and coming and coming. The scripture says, when the, oils, when the barrels were all filled, the oil ceased. In other words, when capacity was exceeded, the, the, the release and the blessings ended. The same thing when Jesus' first miracle he did of turning water into wine. He says, go and get those, those barrels, go and get those, fill them with water. The quantity of barrels they got and the quantity of water they got was exactly proportional to the wine that they received. So if they got two barrels and filled them with, two, with, with water, they're going to get two wines, period. Your capacity determines what you can carry in the spirit and in the physical. Can I talk to somebody now? If we want to make impact, we must persistently and tirelessly desire to grow. In your career, desire to grow. Look, there are things, if, 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 you, if you mistake yourself and think that just because I went to school and they gave me a certificate, I don't have to learn anything anymore, you'll be, you'll be sorely disappointed in life. Because for many of us, even what they taught us in school, the world has stopped doing them. They have moved away from them. These days, go to the area of medicine. The, the way they used to do things now, they'll tell you they're using laser. They'll just pierce something small and enter. Maybe you finished school in 1972. You're a medical doctor. But if you don't keep consistently learning, you'll be killing people's children. Because we have moved away. Knowledge has transitioned. And what, we, what beliefs we held on to in the past, maybe we have discovered new things, and so we have modified them and made progress. That is why you must desire to continuously grow. In your area of life, where you want to be, desire to consistently grow. 
and your business desire to consistently grow. What you need to know to, in order to walk into the dimension of impact, push it and, and bring yourself to become an avid reader, avid learner, and a shame learner in that area. I always say that in this country, we have a serious problem. This country. The arrival mentality problem. Everybody has arrived. A man has 200 members. Everybody is calling him Papa. He has arrived. If you have arrived, sir, then the journey has ended. There's no pursuit of anything anymore. Are you with me? Everybody thinks that oh, there's more to be done. There's more to be achieved. There are higher levels of knowledge you can obtain. Don't stop here. Keep learning. Keep pushing. Consistent learning. Consistent growth in your spiritual life. Why are you not growing, sir? Since you gave your life to Christ up to today, when we say, come and let's pray for 10 minutes, the first two minutes you are praying, the next one, Eradimidas, 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 Eradimidas. Different variations of the same. Then you look at your nails a bit, press your phone a bit. Look out, hey, this man can pray. Oh, hey. Why are you not growing? See, the Bible says, and in the, in the last days, knowledge shall be the stability of the people. When you know and you possess knowledge, things don't, things don't move you. It is, children are, are easily impressed. Do you know? They are, they are easily impressed. I can be playing with my daughter. I have something in my hands. I say, I throw it away. And she's impressed. Wow, daddy. You, if I do it to you, say, this man, is he serious? Is he serious at all? As you grow and as you mature, certain things that used to be attractive, you realize that these things are not attractive anymore. You mature out of them. And that is why you must grow consistently. If this year we still have to beg you and coax you and tell you things to study your Bible, there's a problem. If we have to coax you and convince you as to why you must be in church, there's a problem. You are not growing. Hallelujah. Consistent growth. What? See, that's what the Bible says. His mercies are new every morning. The mercy that sustained us yesterday. God gives us fresh mercy for today. Because things are moving. And even God has a factory that produces mercy customized for every daily living. So you never, don't come to a place that I have arrived. Biggest self-deception. You know, that starts working, buys an, a, a car, a little. And now, now when he's working in the area, you know, he has arrived. What saddens me the most is the pastors who use, maybe he has bought a Range Rover, so he has arrived. I said, so what, is the, what should the CEO of, of the Land Rover company also say? Are you with me at all? Desire to grow. Look, when you grow and add value and build capacity, the systems of the world will create room to accommodate you. When, when there is a need, a need will always gravitate towards where it will find a solution. When there is a need. It will always gravitate. Have you realized that there are some of you, when your friends have a problem, it is you they come to? Have you realized that one? They have those they go and drink with. They have those they go and play around with and fool with. But when they are looking for somebody to give them concise advice, wisdom laden advice, they know it is you they have to come to. Why? Because needs always gravitate towards where they will find solutions. So if you build the capacity, believe me, no matter where the needs are in this world, they will look for you. No matter who they are, they will gravitate towards you. And so in 2024, if we are going to make impact, then we must consistently study, consistently grow in, in, in maturity, in knowledge. Bible calls it the measure. Somebody say the measure. Oh, I can't hear you. See the measure. And it says he gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles, some pastors, some, all those gifts he gave to them to bring us to the, to the knowledge of the fullness of the measure of the stature of the Christ. 
bring us to that place, the measure of the status. So we are in a maturing phase. We are being matured. That is why the Bible says we are the workmanship of God. We are not the finished article of God. We are the workmanship of God through Christ. Workmanship. He's still working on us. And so we need to keep growing in our knowledge of him. See the measure. Now, and, and so that, that, that's another thing. If you step out of your measure or go over your measure, you can die before your time. Everybody here has a dimensional level we are currently operating under. There are some of you who have um, a degree in finance. Is there anybody with a degree in finance? You have a degree, first degree in finance. Some of us. You have finance. If they carry you today and they kick out the Bank of Ghana governor and they put you there, do you know what will happen? The nation will be worse off than it currently is. Because there are dimensions you need to grow into. You need to mature into. I'm not just talking about what's on the piece of paper. I'm talking about growth. That brings you into the measure that is needed for functioning in a certain office. So if you're a prophet, there's a measure that you must carry to function in that office. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, there's a measure that must come upon you to help you to function in that office. And if you overstep the bounds of that measure, you're in trouble. So, okay, read, read the scripture for me. Read the scripture. 2 Corinthians 12, 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Yes, sir. 6. For though I will desire the glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear lest any man should think of me about how he me to be. What, 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 what version is that? King James. Read it again. 2 Corinthians 12, 6. Mm -hmm. For though I will desire the glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me about that which he seeth me to be. Okay. Second Corinthians ten thirteen and fourteen. Second Corinthians ten. Yes, sir. Thirteen. Yeah. But we will not boast of things without our measure. We again, 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 again. But we will not boast of things without our measure. Without our measure. But according to the measure of the rule which but God has according to the measure. Of the rule that God has this. According, we will only boast according to the measure. So we won't go above that measure. In fact, the Bible says concerning even Paul that God caused the enemy to buffet him with what is known as the thorn in his flesh because of the multifaceted nature of the wisdom and mysteries he possessed so that he doesn't go above his measure. It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible. Measure. If you try to, there's a, so instead of forcing and pushing into a measure God hasn't sent you, grow into it. Can I get an amen in this place? Yeah. I was teaching them on Monday when we did the 150 days of prayer that it's one of the reasons why John the Baptist died. He went above his measure. When God sent the angel to Zacharias and Elizabeth, he said, I am giving you a son. His name shall be John. His job is to go ahead of my son and proclaim his coming. Job description established. Are you with me? Job description established. So he comes. He's in the wilderness screaming. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He's doing that job. He's doing that job that God has sent to him. Then in Matthew 14, we are told that this same John now is fighting um, Herod, Herod Antipas. Because Herod has gone to marry the brother, Philip's wife. And so John is speaking against him. Of course, there was a law in Leviticus against that. But he took it upon himself to now speak against Herod. So he was arrested. They put him in prison. A girl asked for the head on a plate, and they chopped off his head. The, the assignment of John, sir, didn't include marriage counseling. It was go ahead of Jesus and proclaim his coming, period. 
when he went above his measure. The Bible says, when you read the Old Testament, there are three types of anointings. There's a kinship anointing. There's a priestly anointing. There's a prophetic anointing. There are people who work solely in the prophet's anointing. There's another who works in the king's anointing. There's another who works in the priest's anointing. However, there's, there are a few instances, for example, in the life of David, who God blesses him and graces him at periods to work in all three anointings. Are, are you with me now? I'm going somewhere with this, so I need you to follow. Are you with me? And one day, God gives a word to Nathan. He said, go and tell David something. Nathan is a prophet. Now, in the rankings of, of anointings in the Old Testament, the kinship anointing is always higher than the prophet's anointing. So Nathan goes and he knows this. He is wise enough to this. So he presents the prophetic word, although it is true, in a parable and communicates it to the king. The king hears it and he's angry. Then he deciphers the parable, opens it up to him. Then he said, ah, he, he, he broke the king. Imagine Nathan had gone to him and said, sir, you're a very bad man. God will judge you. You know what would have happened to him? He would have died. The word is true, but he would have died. Because there's something called the king's anointing. That's where John made a mistake. He overstepped, he went above measure, and the king took his head. Look, in this season, even if you are anointed a prophet, understand these rudimentary dynamics of the anointing. If I stand here today, and I say God has given me a word, and I start insulting the president, they will come for me and put me in a prison. You will lament and I will pray, but I will be in a prison. Is that true? Because there's an anointing for kings and anointing for prophets. Hallelujah. So don't go above the measure. Stay in your lane and grow in your lane. before. And the man there no patu tu tu kwa bobo siya dia kwa jibens. Benz you fe ndu fi ekra na nisiye tu. Na wasa kwa bobo siya fufu da kusiye si Benz. Ebe ni e chwe no. Na twenty twenty four or life aye basa na ndiye ekangwa. You work according to the measure. Tell somebody the measure. Say grow in it consistent growth in it. What's the time? Last one. The last point. The last point. The last point. Shameless imitation. Somebody say shameless imitation. Imitation. Shameless imitation. All right. Hebrews 6.12. Let's start with that. Shameless imitation. Shameless imitation. Para sovra di kalada basha. Hebrews six twelve. That ye be not slothful. Uh huh. But followers of them who through faith and patience. Is that King James? Yes. Sir. NIV. Hebrews six twelve. Yes. We do not want you to become lazy. Mm hmm. But to imitate. To do what? Imitate. Underline that word. Somebody say imitate. imitate. Uh -huh. to, to imitate them. Those who through faith and uh -huh. patience uh -huh. inherit what has been promised. Through faith, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So there are promises. There are people who have caught the key to, you know, inheriting those promises. And the scripture is saying imitate them. Shameless imitation. It's another way of making impact. It's one, the third principle for making impact, third rudiment. In our generation, everybody wants to pioneer something new. Everybody wants to start something, be the father of something. The truth of the matter is that for many of us, the things we need are already in people. All we need to do is to watch them, imitate or tap from them, and we'll be fine. Are you with me now? And, and hear me, I'm not only talking about pastors or no even in your office there's a, somebody who has followed a blueprint that has brought them to a place of impact 
Instead of being prideful and deciding, you know, I will do it my own way. If that pattern works, be like those who have inherited the promise and imitate them. What did Paul say? He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Is that in your Bible? This is Christ. This is me. Why is Paul not saying go and follow Christ? Think about it. He should be telling, go and follow Christ. No, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. In fact, look at what he says in this scripture. So if we read it, um, Ephesians chapter 3, 1 to 3. Ephesians 3, 1 to 3. Yes. Ephesians 3, 1 to 3. Uh-huh. For this reason... I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, yes, sir. for the sake of you Gentiles, uh-huh. surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Again. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Again. That's all I'm looking for. So read it again. Please pay surely attention. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace. You have grace heard God's grace. Uh-huh. That was given to me. That was given to me for you. You You have heard about the administration of God that was given to me. Not to take home. Not to run with it. Not to jump with it. The grace was given to me for you. In other words, for anybody listening to Paul, for you to try to go to God on your own for grace would be a very, you know, hard, difficult waste of everybody's time. Because the grace that they needed had been given to Paul for them. Are you with me? I need you to understand this. This is something hard that will break some uh, misconceptions and some, some golden calves that we have held on to for years. Matthew chapter 9 verse 12. Matthew 9 12. Matthew 9 12. 19 12, yes. Yes, 19 12. It says, for there are some that were born Enoch's. Yeah, that's the scripture I'm looking for. For there are Enoch's who were born that way. Listen, it says, for there are Enoch's that were born that way. And there are Enoch's who have been made Enoch's by others. And there are Enoch's that have been made Enoch's by others. And there are those who choose to live like Enoch's. And there are those that choose to live like Enoch. Stop there. There are three. This is the desire to be like an Enoch. And it says, number one, there are those that were born Enochs. It says, number two, there are those that choose their life of being an Enoch. And it says, number three, but there are still others who were made Enochs by other people. In other words, not, I'm using the word Enoch here to mean come to a place of impact. Amen. There are those who are born, whatever you do, they will become impactful. And yet, there are those who will be made impactful by others. If somebody was not born an Enoch and decides or de- decides to pursue that work, the only way they can become it is if somebody else helps them to become it. Am I making some sense here? That is why you must be shameless in imitating good things and good people. Shameless imitation. If you're a pastor, somebody has pastored for 30 years and worked faithfully with the Lord and has done certain things in their pursuit of the things of God, made sacrifices, and it, it has worked and, and yielded results, you won't come around and destroy and speak and castigate all those things. You look at it and pattern and shamelessly imitate. If it works, it works. I've taught you any growth without a structure has no future. Because if, if a growth can be sustained, it must have a structure around which it is being worked. So that that same growth can be replicated everywhere. The structure is defined. Now, if you meet a man that consistently grows and consistently has results, instead of fighting them, sit back, watch them, and imitate them. Because there are Enochs that can also be made Enochs by men. No, look at me. How do you think? How do you think Joshua becomes what Moses was? Shameless imitation. He's seen how the whole nation can turn on him and he's still consistent in his work with God. 
so that when are, the 12 are sent, go and scout this town, when they come back and everybody is saying, you know, we can't do it, he knows that when everybody was against Moses, Moses was still standing with God. And so he looks at them and says, we are more than able to overcome. The other day they were fighting in the valley. He was leading an army to fight in the valley and uh, Moses is on top of the mountain and he's seated and his hands are being held left and right and they are lifting his hands and every time that his hands are lifted up, they are winning the battle. Is that in your Bible? Every time. Now, you see, the mistake of our generation is that if we were Joshua, they're fighting with swords and we lifted up our head and saw Moses comfortably seated on top of the mountain with, with a cool air blowing around him, we we'll say he's a wicked leader. Look at the way I'm here suffering. I'm here fighting. You are sitting there and you are just enjoying. But what you need to understand is that whilst he was sitting there, he was actually the reason why they were winning. And so there are people got positions in your life. They look like they are not contributing anything yet. But there is something you can tap from them because God has given them grace for you. Paul said, they need to have come to the, um, the dispensation of the administration of grace for you. Grace for you. Look at Elisha. Elisha leaves everything, decides to follow Elijah. Everywhere he's going, he's following. Shameless imitation. Come to a place, and, and now he knows that Elijah is about to go. If we are many of us, this is where my, my journey with you ends. You know, God, God has helped you. I've been there all through the journey. But if God is going with you, all the best. God bless you. Let me go and continue my life. He said, I'm, I'm going with you. He said, what, I'm, I'm even looking for a double portion of, of what you carry, of the spirit upon you. And as he goes, there are times when Elijah tells him, you know, you have followed too much. I think you can go. No, sir, no. I'm going. Wherever you go, I'm going with you. It's like Ruth saying, my God will be your God. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Shameless imitation. Shameless following. There are certain people who have become what they are today because they had the wisdom and humility to follow and imitate certain people. You, sir, you need help. When people who can help you come around, you are forming boss. You are forming boss. It's not a case, but you stay in your situation for long. Do you know there are people who don't look like what they carry? You'll be I, tell, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, do you know that so-so and so gentleman who is in church, he is in the, um, he's in the, what, he's a doctor. And, and this other man sitting there, he's in the Navy. And this other, he said, ah, all these people. I said, when they come and they're wearing T-shirts, don't be fooled. People don't look like who they are in a certain atmosphere, but calm down because God can give graces to people for you. Are you with me now? Your boss can even carry grace for you. Lebara Sandagata, your boss. Because they can open a door that has been so locked for long over your life that suddenly it begins to open over your life. In fact, it is one of the reasons why we can all gather like this in church, but not everybody receives grace. Not everybody receives the testimonies. Because whereas some, uh, the Bible says, anyone who will come must first believe that he is. Number two, that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So being present is not enough. And knowing that he is is not enough. The next dimension is to be somebody who is seeking him diligently. That is where the hard work begins. So in this atmosphere, there are those who have come because it's another Sunday and they must be in church. There are those who have also come because, you know, somebody just invited them, you know, and so they are just coming. What time are we even closing? It's past 11. I was told we'll close at 10.45. Why are we still here? So the word is coming, but it's not having room for expression because their focus is not on it. They are not ready to tap the grace that has been released. They are just thinking of all manner of things. Somebody is here. They have been thinking about their live soup, which is in the fridge. <laughs> What are you talking about? Mm. It says the administration of the grace that was given to me for you. Do you know that when God wants to help you, he will use men to help you? If you know this, how you relate with people must change. Yeah. 
it is pride to try to get to a place on your own when God has made provision for you to use another person to get there. It's pride. Imagine Jesus calling Peter, James, and John as they were climbing to the top of the mountain of transfiguration. And Peter says, you know what? You use here. I know another shortcut somewhere. I'll use my We'll meet at the top. Be pride. You just have to keep quiet and follow your Jesus. Shameless imitation. One step. If you take three days to get there, this is where he's going. I'm following him. Shameless pursuit. Some of you think you know so much when your bosses are speaking. You have something better to say. You think people rise to the top by mistake. There is graces that put people in certain places. And if you don't have anything at all, if they, if, if they don't have anything at all, a certain grace took them there, keep quiet and receive their grace. It's one of the reasons why I don't call anybody, uh, you know, people in my father's and mother's age, I don't call them son and daughter. Who born up? The anointing is not an excuse to call somebody's father my son. Because there is a grace on their life I need to be able to pursue. That is a grace for long life. If for nothing at all, some of them are 60 years, 70 years, their grace has sustained them up to that age. You, you are 25. You say you are anointed, so everybody is your son. <laughs> grace for you. Shameless imitation. Learn. Follow them. Watch. Elisha got it by shamelessly following, shameless imitation. Majority, for example, if you hear, this, this, this is a fact, a statement of fact. Majority of the richest people in the world are avid readers. How many of you know that? Majority of the richest people in the world are avid readers. If that is true, and you want to be one of those people, what must you do? shamelessly follow what they are doing, sir. Read. Read. Follow. Look at what works for them. Look at what is working there. Copy. Copying is not, it's not bad. Anybody who feels like it, it would be, it, I'm uncomfortable in copying, sir, it's, it's the pride in you that's speaking. There are times I go to some of my pastor friends' churches. When I finish ministry, I say, ah, sir, this is your design. It's nice. Who did it for you? Connect me. Connect me. You won't lose anything. A friend came to my house yesterday. She, she began to take pictures. Chocolate, 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 chocolate. He said, ah, Apostle, these things, I see it on Pinterest. And I, I, I said, this is my dream. Now I'm seeing it physically. So you let me take pictures. Can you connect me? People of God, the third key is shameless imitation. You have seen somebody in church do a certain business a certain way. You desire to do the same and do well. Don't be prideful. Go to them, talk to them. Sir, how did you do this? I have taught you, nobody is self-made. We are all products of the advices and gifts and blessings of other people. The day you just want to walk alone, Lone Ranger, is the day you will die young and struggle needlessly. I want us to play, rise to your feet. Let's pray, rise to your feet, let's pray. Rise to your feet, let's pray. Lift up your hand. You want to pray? May God cause you to make impact all around this year. Please lift up your voice, begin to pray. Lakoda Zabranda Gadila Brados. 